The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Well, we heard the news today. Lamar has uh, been franchise tagged. Not maybe exactly what we expected, but it's an interesting move by the Baltimore Ravens to use the non-exclusive tender on him. Here to talk about that with me is Alec Poulianis. Alec, how are you doing? Doing well, Ken. Nice to talk to you about this. Pleasure, pleasure to have you back. And uh, this is an interesting, obviously significant gamble on the Ravens' part to put the non-exclusive tag on. We'll have to talk a little bit up front about exactly what that means. So uh, there, there are two tags. Of course, do you want to take us through this, the exclusive rights and the non-exclusive? Sure. Um, so the non-exclusive rights gives Lamar the opportunity to go to other teams and try to negotiate a deal. These teams must have a first round draft pick either of their own this year or one that's of a uh, better ranking than their uh, pick. And if they were to give Lamar an offer that he accepts and the Ravens decline to match it, then they would relinquish uh, those two first round picks. Uh, this, uh, I guess, not exclusive tag also gives them a much lower price tag on Lamar Jackson uh, if he were to play on the tag. And then the not exclusive tag just means that the Ravens would have to, I guess, lead all negotiations if they were trying to trade him and um, they would have to pay more money for him. Yeah. But no one could just give him an offer sheet. Uh, that, w- that wouldn't be a dynamic. Uh, for the for the exclusive tag, there's no offer sheets involved. He's is a non-negotiable salary for this year, so he's the, he's uh, he plays under that number. He gets traded. Uh, another possibility is he holds out, and and we're not going to get into that on this episode. I think we're, we're going to just yeah. talk about you know what what are the dynamics of the of the uh, move. Why do the Ravens maybe decide to do it? Um, because I think there are there are multiple factors. Um, I, we're there are obvious rabbit holes here, and we're not going down. But there's others that we want to be want to be clear that we address. But this is this is I think largely from the Baltimore Ravens 
a business decision, pure and simple, that they looked at this and they said, well, we think there is a market for Lamar. We're not sure how strong it is, but we don't think it's quite as much money as he's asking currently. Mm-hmm. And we uh, you know, think we can do better by, uh, by matching somebody else's offer for him than we can by uh, putting the exclusive, putting the exclusive tag on him, having him make more this year and potentially just kick the can down the, down the road a year while his trade value would actually be reduced during this off season. If they, if he plays on that higher contract. So I think they've decided this Alec, when we look at Ozzie Newsom's past behavior, do you think there's some similarity there? I do. I mean, we, we talked a little bit before the show, how, he frequently with free agents would say, you know, here's a kind of a starting point offer, go test out the market, see what it is, but do us the favor of letting us know what offer you get and give us an opportunity to match it. If we're interested in things like that. And that's kind of what he's doing here with Lamar. And I think if you take the press release from Eric Nicasa face value, the last bit where they are hopeful to strike a long-term deal that is fair to both Lamar and the Ravens, uh, with a good faith negotiation, and their ultimate goal is to build a championship team with Lamar Jackson leading the way for many years to come. If you take that as like a good faith and true statement, I think it gives a lot of clarity to why they're doing the exclusive or not the non-exclusive tag. I truly think it's a negotiation tactic to try to get this thing sorted out, and they almost feel like they need a an arbitra- arbitrator right now, which is the rest of the league, uh, to get them to a place of where the actual value is come to an agreement that this is truly your value. And I think they're almost fully prepared to match whatever offer there is and retain Lamar. Um, but I think they're just using this as a way to figure out what the market really is. And if, uh, if they're wrong, I, I think they're willing to pay more than they, their last given offer, so to speak, if they are wrong uh, to an extent. And it really comes down to is any team going to be able to offer something or be willing to offer something that's so egregious that they say we, we lost the bet. Because I think that's I think that's the gamble they're making, and and obviously th- there's some asymmetry here in terms of what they get and the offer. So if the let's 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 toss this out there. Obviously, if if one of the teams at the top of the draft this year signs Lamar to an offer sheet, that's a that's a lot less of a um, disincentive for the Ravens. If they if if it's if it's the uh, Chicago Bears with the number one overall pick, for example, right. there's tons of cap room. Um, and, and the number one over, overall pick and a pick next year uh, right. in, in number one are both offered. Well, that might have been a deal the Ravens would have taken anyway, just, just straight up for Lamar right now. So that that kind of an offer is, is uh, first of all, probably not going to happen from what we've heard. Right. Um, but but second of all, it's, it's one that the Ravens won't feel bad about, quote unquote, losing a wager and having some of the team sign them to an offer they can't accept. The, the, the dangerous part will be if somebody with a pick in the 20s this year and presumably with Lamar Jackson next year have his even even, uh, you know, a, a pick similar or, or better or worse still from the Ravens perspective, a lower pick. Right. Um, might be the team that, that puts the offer sheet. Well, their cost of acquiring Lamar suddenly becomes a lot lower. Uh, and so the Ravens really would be in a tough position of accepting less than what they might have otherwise gotten with it with a exclusive tender on Lamar in terms of of trade. But I think this is obviously this is a very considered decision by the Ravens. They're obviously in a pay him or trade him mode right now. Uh, I don't think they have I still don't think it's a good good outcome if the if Lamar plays on the $32 million tag or whatever it will be this year. I think the, the Ravens 
the ideal thing is they just they he goes to the market, he fig figures out what it was, softens negotiating position, or maybe the Ravens have to come up from theirs, either one, and they figure out what that middle ground is that they can they can sign him for. Um, it's obviously not ideal from the Ravens' perspective if they lose Lamar Jackson, period, for two first-round picks. But uh, but there are some teams that if they were the Lions, for example, if they were willing to give away their first-round picks, uh, the, the, uh, the Ravens probably wouldn't be that upset about it. Yeah, I mean, the Lions are a very scary situation where you get a good first-round pick this year, but you wouldn't get a great pick next year probably because I think they're a good team. They, they barely yeah. missed the playoffs. I think they're locked and loaded. So you're really looking at this year's pick there. Um, I could see Lamar being extremely successful in that offense. Um, but I do think the Ravens sat down, and I'm kind of frustrated that I didn't see this coming. I, I really thought they were going to do the the non-exclusive tag, or the uh, rather the exclusive, exclusive. tag, yeah. and uh, not take the risk because I just saw it was too big of a gamble. But now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, they've done it. I'm like, actually, this is kind of obvious because they definitely war gamed out every single team what they could possibly offer where their draft picks are. And I think they're confident that they have in their bag of tricks, the ability to maneuver the cap in order to afford whatever that first year or whatever it is like, cause no team can't like, you can't just give some ludicrous contract uh, and be like, Oh, now, now you're stuck with it. Ravens like, no, you're going to be stuck with it, you know? And then yeah. your team's going to be terrible and we'll get a first round pick, like the first overall pick next year too. You know what I mean? So there, there's definitely like, the market will play itself out, I think, in a fair way, so to speak. And um, yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, I think a really well calculated decision. And while it is risky, quote unquote, it probably may. I think it probably leads actually to the best outcome for the Ravens having Lamar Jackson in a Ravens uniform. Yes, uh, it probably does give the highest probability of that. And I, 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 I hope this is understood as being done with respect. And I, I don't, I don't think that it necessarily is right now. I don't know how Lamar is feeling about this, but I hope, you know, the, the notion of, Hey, we want to give you a starting offer, take this to the marketplace, do better, get, 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 yeah. a, get, get a deal that you think is what you're worth, sign an offer sheet to it. And we'll either match it or we won't. And, you know, we're willing to take less compensation to let you be, you know, figure out what it'll take to, to be happy with the, with the other owners and the stances they take towards contracts of this type. And, you know, it, any team taking on a multi-year fully guaranteed contract is, to, is tremendously reducing their own flexibility. The Browns have, have frankly screwed their franchise for years with the Deshaun Watson deal. They have just absolutely screwed themselves. The Broncos with the trade for, for Russell Wilson, while not a fully guaranteed deal, was a mostly guaranteed deal and uh, obviously creates a huge set of problems for them as well in terms of uh, them getting less than, than what they expected. Now, uh, Jackson is more like Watson in bringing a younger guy. Um, and uh, the, the big difference between the two of them has been really availability. Uh, and Watson, uh, Lamar has some concerns with that. Watson has, you know, potentially other availability concerns that played out right. during the during the season last year. Correct. And I think that is an interesting part that might make other organizations gun shy his availability the last couple of years. You know, obviously you need to make it a full season for you to, to win a Super Bowl. Like you can't put that kind of capital in a player and that kind of expectations and not have them at the end of the year and, and realistically think you're going to win it all. Um, I think, I don't think that's actually the problem though. In, in my head, I just think that, I don't know. Part of me thinks that a lot of teams don't want to be a part of this game. 
Like they don't, they don't want to be the the third wheel because I think everyone kind of knows why the Ravens did what they did and are looking. They're, I think a lot of teams expect the Ravens to match an offer sheet, so it's like almost wasting their time and, and taking away from the draft or taking away from rest of free agency to be worried about this. So a team has to first have a good faith offer that they really want to you know have Lamar be willing to lose two first round picks and not think it's been a fool's errand that just helped the Ravens get better. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the, the, the fool's errand part is the one, if there was a divisional team that needed a quarterback and you know, the, obviously you go through the division, Cleveland ain't signing anybody with their, <laughs> their current right. situation. And Cincinnati has already got their franchise guys. So that's not the case. Pittsburgh would be the team. And if they, if they didn't think Kenny Pickett was their guy, well, they could sign Lamar, except they're not in any cap position to do it. Right. And so the, the if if you wanted to look for the team in the division who would try and make this a bad deal for the Baltimore Ravens, it'd be Pittsburgh. You know, the, and and yeah. you know they they could even you know lather that icing on the cake for Lamar, saying you know the best thing to really show the Ravens what they did to you is to come play for the Steelers and and give it to them twice twice a year. Yep, I I, I don't yeah I don't see that happening. I think the Ravens know exactly who would be interested. Obviously, this comes right after the combine. I'm sure there was conversations <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. that occurred, and I think they have a decent feel of the league. So, uh, definitely the saga continues. But uh, my one main takeaway, honestly, kind of curious your your position on this. I find it incredibly unlikely that Lamar Jackson plays on this tag, not because of a holdout per se, but just because I think a deal's getting done. Yeah, he's leaving money on the table if. Uh, a deal doesn't get done. He's going to make less money than uh, Jones and Carr, who just signed deals mm-hmm. that are very, uh, they know their place in the quarterback market deals. They're not, you know, the top guys. They're just serviceable. And I don't think that's a great business decision by Lamar to make less than them. I could see him wanting to prove it year and like hoping that, you know, they win the Super Bowl. His capital hit was lower. The Ravens were able to get more guys than they could have. Because I, I, I truly do think like, everyone was saying, like, oh, you can't tag him. You're going to spend more against the cap. I'm like, honestly, the way that this deal looks like it's going, he's going to count more against the cap than most tags, even even the uh, exclusive tag. I feel like he's probably going to have that large of a cap number because how the Ravens do their contracts and the kind of money that he's going to demand. I mean, we're looking at 50 million a year, got a guy. I, I think. I think he'll actually come in first year under the under the cap. His average annual value will be higher than the than the uh, than the amount he would get under the gear under the um, exclusive tag. Mm-hmm. But but his uh, uh, I I I would I would think he's going to be you know under forty million in terms of the first year of of uh, uh, on whatever deal he would sign. Um, now there are other, there may be other teams out there who want to try and make it not be that way and say we'll give you fifty five million in the first year, in hopes of making it difficult for the Ravens to swallow that pill. That's possible, mm-hmm. and that's that's probably the Ravens' biggest fear here that some team out there would be would be willing to do that. Structuring a contract for Lamar, by the way, that way exceedingly dangerous for the other team, because if let's say you gave him two hundred and forty million fully guaranteed. Biggest contract ever for a quarterback in terms of guaranteed money. It's fully guaranteed money, and fifty-five million is that is in the first year, which means you're spreading out one hundred and eighty-five million over four more years. Say you do it evenly, and it's like forty-seven million dollars a year, roughly, or forty forty-seven, whatever it is, forty-seven to forty-eight million per year. You uh-huh. you you then end up with uh, a player who could be very unhappy 
with his contract by the end of that period. And you're already f- trying to figure out how to renegotiate a deal that is now into the sweet spot for, for that new team. So you, it, it could really be something that no other team um, is all that excited about. And then, you know, the, the, the two other components that go specifically with Lamar in this case, are one is the availability. And the second, not Lamar specific, are the two first round draft picks. I mean, that's just a ton of draft capital. I balk at that every time the Ravens want to sign a, a or trade for a wide receiver. It's like I, I, I have no interest ever in trading for a player where you're going to sign him at the very top of the market at the position, and then you have to give up, say, two first-round picks in addition. It makes no sense. It makes, yeah. it makes no sense. Certainly a wide receiver did. The Ty- Tyreek Hill deal I thought was a terrible deal uh, You know that the, that the Dolphins were willing to make. Yeah, it's it's one of those deals where you just have no faith in your ability to, to build a franchise <laughs> through the draft. Yeah. Uh, you're just admitting that you're a bad drafting team because the likelihood that you can hit on those picks, have more cap room to then go sign a free agent that you know who he is, I just, I, yeah, I agree with you, Ken. Like that, just it feels like a failed philosophy. Like it could work in the immediate term, the first year, <laughs> because he's going to be better than that that first round pick. But it's not a long term sust- sustainability move at all. Right. And um, I, I truly think that that's not the way to build a dynasty. Like, I mean, winning a Super Bowl is great. Obviously, I think we all take one Super Bowl. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm trying to build. a like a dominant franchise that's good every year. So yeah, I just, I always balk at that as well. It's just not the way I'm, I'm wired either. Yeah. Very much a season ticket holder kind of a outlook <laughs> on things is you, you don't want your, you don't want your, your, your team traded into a roller coaster pattern of play, which leaves you with a whole lot of hollow seasons where you're paying for the games and anybody else can turn off the TV at home. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm, yeah. I get you know, perpetually upset with that, you know, uh, uh, approach to the to franchise building. But anyway, the Ravens have been very, very solid. They've been very good to us in terms of of creating a consistently good franchise. And the fact they haven't won the Super Bowl, I'm not bothered about yet. They've won two in 26 years, and that's fantastic as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I think it's a culture thing too, Ken. Where like the culture of the Ravens team is not to uh, not not just a mortgage, but like to their to their players too. It's like we are trying to always win. Like teams come because they know that they're our players come players to come. the team. Yeah. yeah. Cause they think this is a team that's trying to win every year. It's a well-run organization. And once you start doing these mortgages, you will have a harder time ap- appealing to people in free agency. I mean, how many times we've gotten guys for deals that look kind of, kind of nice, you know, uh, like uh team friendly because there are other benefits to playing for this team. Yeah. I, I think one of the, one of the real benefits you get is you get a really outstanding opportunity to sign the best vet men, players out there because they know the team is trying to win. So you can get guys like um, Urban and Levine stays with you for a long period of time. McClellan stays with you. You can get, Whenever you want, you can get players like Josh Bynes and LG Fort to, to kind of fix your team in the middle of the season because the best players love coming to Baltimore and playing that. Justin Houston, JPP, I mean, those are good examples of when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply players who, who can really help a team as a veteran you Baltimore has maintained uh, their position near the top of the totem pole in terms of attracting those guys year after year indeed I do think this news was a difficult time you know the Ravens I think had a very poor week uh, particularly with like that uh, report that came out and the Saunders news and uh, just like some of the you know things that players were saying the Bateman comments like I mean it was, it was a week or a poor week for the week week Ravens. Yeah, a week week <laughs> yeah. for the Ravens organization and the fan base. And I think everyone was hoping that there would be a you know light at the end of the tunnel with this Lamar deal. And unfortunately it didn't happen. And I think it it, it does cause a, a tailspin for a franchise that looks like the future is very uncertain. But I think if uh you trust the process and like think about how this is probably going to play out. I, I I kind of leave it a little bit optimistic. I know I tend to be optimistic, but I, I would love to hear the devil's advocate view of how this goes sideways. I mean, we discussed the bad outcome of a, a crazy contract offer. Um, you do get two first round picks out of it, but it, it comes from a, a team that's good. They probably just don't have the cap room. So yeah, it just, it, it feels like a very calculated risk that I, I just hope that helps the team negotiate this final, whatever gap there is. And I, I do want to add out there that, I, I truly think we have no clue <laughs> the situation. The only people that know are like maybe yeah. 15 people in the world uh, that have been dealing with this negotiation because I think a lot of the stuff in the media right now is because of him not having an agent and all the news comes from agents. So we got to make him look bad, you know, <laughs> and like similar with like the Ravens. Like it's just, I think we, there's very real, like very little real information out there about this contract and only a few people know about it. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, the NFLPA opining on this and trying to basically they're, – they're set up in the trenches right now over this. They are set up in the trenches. And the, the players certainly think the owners are, are right there in a trench about 15 feet away, <laughs> unwilling to give any ground on this on the same thing. I think I, I've – you know, it is it is not just the owners. Let's put it that way. The NFLPA yeah. is in so much of a – full court uh, mixed metaphors here with a full court <laughs> yeah. press of trench warfare. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, they couldn't be more uh, certain of this. And I'll, I'll just, I, just look, take a step back of this and look at this battle from 50,000 feet. And I'll say this for the NFLPA: They are only negotiating right now or only acting on behalf of a small percentage of their players. If all, if all contracts move to a fully guaranteed basis, the result would be as follows. The total amount of dollars paid in cap would be the same. 
because that's yep. not changing. That's revenue based. And boy, if you really want to fight, you go, go to there and try and change the percentage of revenue that goes to the player. So that, that ain't changing. So they, they're, they're, uh, they're stuck with the total pie they have. What the NFLPA right now is doing is basically assigning a larger portion of that same pie to a select group of players, specifically quarterbacks. If I'm an offensive lineman and I see this, I say, look, the, non, the, the non-guaranteed contract structure is not really impacting me in any significant way. I, I, I see the quarterbacks who think they want to get all their money on the contract, but, but it's, 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 if they get that, I'm going to get less. And they're right. They are yep. going to get less in terms of, of what their contracts are going to look like in the future. The, the veteran players, more of them are going to be out of the league earlier because you can save a little bit on a, on a fair number of transactions. There'll be teams who want to do that. Um, you know, There'll be fewer second contract dollars available for new free agents at other non-quarterback positions. You can, you can, you can bet on that. So I, the NFLPA, they're always in some ways negotiating for a small portion of their constitu- constituency, no matter what, that's what they did with the vet min contracts. That's, that's a, yeah. that's a, it's a nice broad swath of players, but a lot of the things they've done in recent years have taken money away from rookie deals and given it to veterans. I question the, Direction of that, (laughs) I'll just say. Emilio, you you don't want Jamarcus Russell earning a lot of money sitting on his fat butt on the couch somewhere. (laughs) But but on the other hand, you know, it's is it fair to have guys who are not even involved in the voting process? It's kind of like voting seventeen-year-olds into war when they don't have a vote. And and that's that's what I don't like about the about the NFLPA uh, doing what they're doing. Now that said, the NFLPA has to has to be front and center in the, in the collective bargaining agreement and in coming yeah. up with their constituency and what they want to do. Their constituency is largely veteran players and those players, you know, or even if they're not veteran players, they might be third or fourth year players who've now paid most of their dues towards being a veteran and want the deal to be still the deal. It's kind of like 55 year olds and social security. They don't, they're not getting it yet, but, <laughs> but they're very interested <laughs> they in the future it. of social security. Yes. So yeah. Uh, it's, it is a, um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a difficult process to get through, but basically the NFLPA by this stance is saying, we want a smaller group of players to get more of the total pie. And that's where I just don't like it from the NFLPA's perspective. I don't think, I don't think I could sell this to my constituency if I were at the head of the NFLPA, I think it would be, it would be too tough. And, and I would want to be honest with the players and say, Hey, look, a lot of this means there's going to be less dollars in total available to 50-year players as they enter a free agency. And I just don't know if the if the other NFL players really get that or if they've had a chance to voice their their problems with it. I do think that the NFLPA failed in their CBA negotiations. If they truly want fully guaranteed deals, there are ways to make it more palatable to organizations. It's not just the money lost in case of like an injury happening to the organization it's it's the lack of cap flexibility in that yeah. disaster scenario and i think if they built provisions such that you know a, a player is hurt or whatever that you still have to pay him but it doesn't count against the cap no that's right. that, they'll never do that <laughs> i know they won't i know they won't like because that all that does is expand the total total percentage of revenue the players get so you can't I, do I, that oh i know they won't i'm yeah. just saying like if they truly wanted fully guaranteed contracts i think that is necessary. And like, if they're not willing to give that up, then it's not going to happen. But it's, it'd be, you, you could, you could reduce the total revenue share 
from 55 to 52 percent or something, let's say. And I, I don't, I actually don't know what it is right now. It might be 51 or 51 and a half. 51. Okay. So if, let's say it's 51. You could reduce it to 49 and say, you can only spend this against the cap, but you have 2% of flexibility, which you can pay to players who are not, but you can't increase the total dollars. That's, that's, that's the, that's the hard front line that, that you, you, you can't, you can't do it. That's why the, the, the owners did it with the vet min space. They'll never do it on a on a what could potentially be a big number. Uh, so you're it's, it's barking up a tree in terms of. Uh, um, <laughs> I think without that, that makes the, the the fully guaranteed deals very uh, high risk for teams. It may be a pill that yeah. they don't ever want to swallow. Maybe and and maybe it, it's the the fully guaranteed deals are given as an alternative, but you realize what the risks are, and you bring in people who equate fully guaranteed deals to to uh not fully guaranteed deals and these would have to be people risk professionals who would come in probably on the player's side to try and advise them on which is the better deal to take you know do you want three years 25 million guaranteed or do you want three years 30 million but the final year is not guaranteed and that final year is 11 million dollars of salary or 12 million dollars of salary and there's a pretty good chance you're not going to get it because of your age and injuries and this and that and I mean, it's it's a somewhat complex thing to guess, but you know, you you, you the other possibility is getting having an insurance cons, uh, constituent uh, uh, group come in from the outside and insure these contracts for the players. NFLPA, go out and find that group. Go out and do that for your players. All right, I, there, there's there's hedge funds out there that I'm sure would do it, and and say, hey, look, we'll guarantee it under these circumstances. Um, uh, for for the for the players here and this is the risk we're willing to cover there would always be some risk sharing because you don't want a player kind of kind of dropping out of the contract just because they they know they can get a payoff <laughs> from from this insurance group but i think that, that what they'll find is it's a very expensive proposition to insure in terms of of getting a fully guaranteed contract and that gives you a, a, an idea right there of what the value is between a guaranteed contract a fully guaranteed contract and a non-guaranteed one yeah, I definitely think it's a a very difficult thing to see to see how it's going to ever be common in the NFL. It just it just doesn't the way that the NFL runs right now it it, it can't support it. <laughs> and it, it, and honestly, most teams, like you said at the top with Cleveland doing it, I mean they've kind of poisoned their whole team. Even if Watson played up to it, it the it really hurts how their uh, their outlook. Yeah, they're they're definitely it's going to get ugly very quickly with regard to their uh, uh, their cap. And the second year, they only paid a million towards Watson's. Uh, uh, only had a million dollar cap hit his first year, so his his second, third, and fourth year, uh, it's going to get very ugly for the Cleveland Browns in terms of what they can afford. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see that play out. And and as division rivals, we certainly hope it doesn't work out well for them. Uh, I know there, right. there. Are, uh, you know, the NFLPA wants to see the Watson contract work out in the in the in the worst way, but uh, uh, I I I just want to say I don't hate the player stance in any way here. I I really I really I, I think that every player wants the same thing that I would want is is a very good guarantee on their future income based on on where they are right now. I tell you what, you know, you and I and the jobs we work in, Alex. We never, we never had that kind of guarantee of future income, right? You're, yep. you, you, you know, even on employment contracts at the very top of the business world, uh, usually it's, you know, you walk with a couple of years salary and a couple of years salary, you know, is, is nowhere near what peak salaries in the NFL are like. So it's not like we're, we're, we're um, <laughs> talking about that kind of money. And it's just, I, I think that it's, 
Um, it's unreasonable. If if the if the NFLPA really thinks this is the way to get more money out of the owners somehow, some way, I think they're probably wrong because I think the owners are very savvy with exactly what it would mean to have some something like what you said earlier about having a guaranteed contract that didn't really count against the cap. Well, that's just a higher percentage of revenues given away. And they'll they they will they will never go for that. They'll never I I just don't see it happening. I I, I want to I'll say also that the non-exclusive tender, which we didn't really talk about before, is the frequently used tender. Right. It is the <laughs> right. frequently used tender. This is not a big, oh my God, they give it to Lamar Jackson. Why would they do it to them? Is this, you know, all these other things happening or collusion or this or that? It it isn't. It's the one that, you know, pretty much every offensive lineman, defensive lineman, safety, wide receiver gets because, you know, two number one draft picks is a prohibitive additional price to picking up such a player. Yep, exactly. That's it's totally true. And I think the Ravens, knowing that Lamar is probably worth more than that in a trade, are thinking with the, like you said, with the contract that he's actually looking to get, that it's an extremely big risk for that other team to give out that kind of capital and lose those picks. Yeah. Because you need that cheap labor. <laughs> that's that's the key. So it's 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 more, you're paying Lamar almost more, uh, if you think about it that way, than just what uh, the contract and, is. And, and isn't it interesting that it's the NFLPA who basically set up this system of cheap labor by moving more of the money into veteran contracts? <laughs> and is now basically complaining about its unintended consequences that, hey, there's two first round draft picks. It's just too much kind of thing. Well, right. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's true. Yeah, I, I think that's a, maybe a good wrap up point. It, the tender is what normally happens. We've seen the exclusive tag used mostly for quarterbacks. And it's understandable because Lamar Jackson is a quarterback and he's one of the best in the league. That that could have been the path. But when you consider everything else and where the negotiations may stand and the uniqueness of the situation with the NFLPA, um, this probably makes the most sense for the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. I think a good business decision, honestly, I think, and, and probably hopefully one that leads to a deal. Cause you know, in Baltimore, we clearly want Lamar to stay. And I think this, this, this has done, this deal has done two things from my perspective. Number one, it's actually increased the chance that Lamar will stay in Baltimore. I think that, that if they put the exclusive tag on him, be too much of a risk of Lamar being willing to kick the can down the road a year and then have it be completely untenable and un, unworkable. What would happen next year? The, the the second thing is that it's reduced the possible compensation the Ravens will receive in Lamar in any kind of trade, because now any team can consign them to the offer sheet they want and, and get it for like two first round draft picks. So the notion that they were going to get three plus or even four first round draft picks, which can be done on the day of the draft. draft. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's out the window, because if you want if 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 you want that deal, if you thought that was a reasonable deal for it, you just go ahead and sign them to the offer sheet now and, and done deal. Right. So. Yeah. Definitely curious to see how this plays out. Um, nothing more I want than Lamar Jackson staying here uh, in this situation. I, I just don't think there's any players. I mean, I find this draft very interesting, particularly the quarterbacks, but um, I, it's not really a path I want to go down. This team's really well built right now. And uh, you know what you have with Lamar, and it's great. <laughs> and yeah. I think uh, it it's one of those things like if we just get to the emotional fan perspective, like there feels like there's unfinished business with Lamar with this team. Sure. You know, and it'd be a real shame and, and, and very sad to see the unfinished business ever have a chance to play out at this point. I just want to see him play with Todd Munkin. I want to see him, uh, you know, 
have a chance maybe with more wide receivers everyone's talking about like a possibility <laughs> this offseason and just i want to i want to see this version i want to see him get that super bowl that he promised when he got drafted and i think everyone wants to see that i think lamar wants to see that too and uh the story needs to end that way <laughs> so there's only one way for that to happen that's yeah. not the deal I want to see him get to play with a with a with a great defense again too the 19 team had it for the second half of the year but this team really looks like it has it and i'd love to see them get to play together this actually the, the the contract if it if if he plays on the tag this year, which I really don't think is going to happen, um, they would really have the room to maintain a lot of that great defense. Um, if, and if he even if he plays on a contract that is negotiated from from that basis, there's still a good chance that he plays with this great defense. And I hope that uh, that that's something Lamar wants to do too. And you know this it, it in some cases you know a trial separation is what helps you get back together again. And maybe this is that kind of sense is that they've it, there's, they've been through a tough negotiation. Um, it hasn't been made easier by other parties that are out supposed to be outside of this uh, mm-hmm. negotiation, but uh, hopefully it gets resolved and and Lamar stays in Baltimore and and we are still wearing number eight jerseys for the next twenty years. <laughs> yeah, that'd be incredible. Long, nice long career for him. Yeah. All right, Alec. Always a pleasure talking football with you. Appreciate you coming on and talking about this one. Uh, tell folks where they can find your work online. Sure, you can find us at One Winning Pod. Uh, we posted a pretty cool episode about Jamal's 2K season. It seems like it got a lot of interest, so uh, go check that out if you haven't heard it already. We got to go down memory lane and talk about uh, that incredible season and run for him. All right, that sounds like a lot of fun. If you want to be on a That One Play episode, talk about one of Jamal's 2003 runs if you want. Uh, <laughs> send me a DM on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. I'll get back to you very quickly. Uh, I've basically said yes to every play that has not been taken already. So love to love to hear from you. You do have to know what specific play it was. So if you have a, a, a vague notion that you know somebody hit somebody in a particular game, I still have to know what game it was. So we can so we can you know nail it down. Mm-hmm. But other than that, uh, I've done about forty of them, and that still leaves probably two hundred great plays in Ravens history that haven't <laughs> been taken. So uh, you know, go through a game, figure out what makes sense. DM me. I'd love to talk about it. And uh, there's a lot of always nice tendrils of conversation that go with that in terms of what was the aftermath of the game? What were, where were the Ravens going up? Why was this pivotal? Whatever it might have been. Alec, thanks again for coming on. Of course, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.